everybody. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. Tonight, it's me and Shelby here, your hosts, and we are going to talk about horse breeding. And tonight's subject is going to be about the hard parts of horse breeding. Everybody goes into to horse breeding with thoughts of like beautiful little foals and everything's going to go smoothly. And of course, there's a lot of pressure for it to go, go smoothly because you have a lot of resources and time into it and stuff mm-hmm. and it doesn't always go that way and me and Shelby both have quite a bit of experience in that area uh, so we mm-hmm. wanted to just shed some light on that because it can be a really tough time when things like injuries happen or complications with fulling and and having to call vets and stuff like that So yeah, we just wanted to talk it out. And um, if this is something that you're going through, maybe help you feel a little bit um, of relief and just better about it. (laughs) Absolutely. I feel relief already. (laughs) You know, we, we always feel like we're the only ones going through hard times. Hi, this is Shelby. And Carolyn. We are two Canadian prairie ladies, raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life. We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches, and we want to share the journey with you. In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more. We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey. We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation. So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots. Let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. And we we're just talking about this before we started recording, but this is my year of going through hard times. Oh. <laughs> so sometimes it can just feel daunting and just so heavy because you plan a whole year in advance, right? Like your mares take a full 11 months. Some of your older ones may take 12 months to get these babies out. And you're so excited and you're patiently waiting and waiting and, you know, things happen. And like, that's never planned ever, right? Mm -hmm. You're like this, this perfect full, it's going to come out. It's going to be great. Oh, but then yeah, things definitely go wrong. Yeah. Whether it's the mare and maybe sometimes I have lots of friends um, that breed their old barrel mares, right? So yeah, it is a horse that is very close to them. It's a bloodline they absolutely love. And they just, you know, they can't wait for this foal because either something happened to the mare. So there's another thing is their <laughs> barrel horse got injured or something. So they're wanting something the same. So they breed their mare and sometimes, yeah things go perfectly. Not saying it's always bad, but sometimes you're so excited. You wait the 11 months and then yeah, the foal either doesn't make it or, you know, things happen. Yeah. The first few days of life are so sacred, but yet so hard. Cause you're like, just survive. 
you're this beautiful baby just survive (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and oh boy I feel like if you can get a foal from to two years old uninjured and healthy with no complications that's like uh the stars have aligned <laughs> it's wonderful yeah <laughs> as I'm thinking about this as we're talking about this I can think of so many things that have gone wrong on our farm and I used to think it was my fault that I had done something wrong that I wasn't taking good enough care of them that I was like somehow I wasn't being a responsible enough horse breeder and in some ways maybe I did learn a lot and so I do things better now but but at the same time I think there's just some part of horse breeding that's unknown right like it it's just life like sometimes complications happen and so I was thinking it'd be fun to like name some of the complications that have happened (laughs) so on yeah (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Some of the things that have happened on our place are so premature foals. We've had a couple of those. We've also had a couple of uh, foals come out with contracted tendons. So that's when their tendons are a little bit too short and they kind of knuckle over and they start to walk on their, um, whatever, their pastern. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so if you don't obviously work with them, then they, then they get their legs injured. Sorry. (laughs) One of the, actually the toughest things that ever happened on our place was we got strangles. And so that's uh, a disease, a bacterial disease, and it's very contagious and it's, yeah, they get quite sick. Um, we didn't have anything that died from strangles, but all of our horses just looked so ill for a while and it was so sad and we had to work with the vet so much. So there's that cost involved as well. So that really sucked. And that was a really, really tough time for us because, you know, your entire herd is affected. And so your breeding stock is affected. Your young horses are affected. You can't move anything off your property. So you're kind of stuck. And so it kind of puts a pause on basically everything you do with horses, which, (laughs) so if there's one piece of advice I could give you is like, don't get strangles. (laughs) (laughs) And then yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I don't, you have so much experience Shelby, like just from your parents having this horse breeding off operation Mm -hmm. and yourself, what are some of the things that you've dealt with over the years? Oh gosh, there's like, there's so many to think of, um, but just in the past year alone, uh, because my fiance and I chance, uh, we just kind of took over the horse business within the last couple of years. So we bought our acreage year and a half ago and we've been kind of trying to do our own thing, but I definitely go to Kelly when I need help <laughs> He's <laughs> gone through everything after 30 years of horse breeding. So The one thing that happened this year for us, and it just seemed like, you know, last year was such a drought. So I find it so ironic in this area is a lot of our horses have actually um, drowned in dugout. So that was something that happened this year to us as one of our mares who's, you know, she's not a new mom. She's fold plenty of babies. Like she's fold in a box stall. She's fold out in the pasture. 
Um, but she just had him on the edge of the dugout. And what this is something that I find very interesting. <laughs> but when she had him in the dugout, um, so mares have that instinct to be a mama, right? So when he didn't pick his head up and breathe, because he still had like the tendons on the bottom of his feet, um, he actually she pawed at him so he had like scrapes all up and down him which was very cool and I was like oh my gosh like what what the heck but she was pawing at him to get him to breathe which I find is so amazing because you know like as mamas I would do the same thing with my baby right like I would just be devastated oh that's Um, so sad (laughs) right and I was like when I saw it I'm like I was just had to think a moment because I'm like well what the heck like why like he didn't even stand up but yeah it was just her trying to get him going. So that was one thing that happened recently, just, yeah, a few weeks ago. Um, but we've had like, you know, bears attack colts. We've actually, when we used to live, yeah, when we lived North of Winnipeg there in the interlake, as we call it, um, we had like cougars. So honestly we've had cougar attacks on colts and mares too, but yeah, lots of stuff like that. We've had sickness, right? Lightning, lightning we've had a few times, uh, which is kind of freaky, but it, it happens, right? We yeah, also we've- have had, you know, some studs that also had uh, issues with the mares. So they'd run the babies and the mares kind of through the fence because you know how they get like really herd bound. Yeah, it's so hard when you try to add new mares to a stud that's well established, right? Like, some take it really well. Some just don't. That's the hard part I find with pasture breeding. Cause like we were talking, I found pasture breeding to be quite simple, right? Like as long as you know your basics of putting your horse out at the right time or your stud out at the right time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's his job too. So if he ends up, he doesn't agree with the mayor, then we've lost babies and stuff that way too. So they're all different kinds of things. We've also had one that uh, first time mom, right. That's always super difficult. Uh, but her, like the baby just, I don't know, the genetics or just something didn't mesh properly, but he just kind of came out a little crooked too. Right. Like he just wasn't right. So he, I think it was only maybe lived 24 hours and he passed away, which was super sad because that was my first kick at the whole full on running bread cat that I was like you know dad we can do this like it doesn't have to be half and half you know before the whole cow bread and running bread came back into play it was you know run on run is what everybody wanted for their bro horses so I was so excited and and then that happened and yeah only lived yeah 24 hours I mean you know if it was that long but it's so devastating something you're so excited about and yeah. of course she made me wait she was the last mare to fall <laughs> and then it did work out so but you know what the same stud has bred the same mare and she has beautiful babies and they're strong and they're big boned and they're I just love them so just that one right like it's a freak thing That's, yeah it's a weird thing I mean mm-hmm. it can happen right genetics all of a sudden you get something odd happens some yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually had you t- talking about pasture breeding. I was thinking about <laughs> we have a weird situation going on right now in that our stud. Okay, so like I don't even know if this is a, a thing or if it happens to anybody else. <laughs> so I'm I'm basically asking, but mm-hmm. our stud is out on pasture. We put him out, and normally he just runs out there, rip tearing like he's gonna like yeah. you know 
he's he ready. Knows his he's job. ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this year he just kind of like walked out there, sniffed around, saw the mares, and went the other direction. And we were like, what's going on? So I Ooh. I like our pastor's not at our place. So I drive past it every day on my way to town. So I didn't drive past and I check it out, and he's a little ways away from the mares again. I'm like, every day for like three days straight. So I'm like, okay, there's something wrong. And I know that my gray mare, um, she's a really big, big, beefy ranch mare. And (laughs) it's the first, um, it'll be, this will be the second year that we've bred her and she's not fulling. She hasn't fold yet. And so it made me think, you know what? I wonder if she would, if she wouldn't let the stud breed her last year. And if Mm -hmm. she's keeping her, the mare is away from him this year. So I was like, well, I'll try it. Like my gut said that there's something with her that's going on. So I took her out and then he got busy. He was, he was good. Oh, so I like, I don't know. Have you ever experienced something like that where like a mare will like take the rest of the mares away? Is that a thing? I think, I honestly think it is, but I honestly couldn't speak to experience on that. Cause I don't remember that ever really happening but I do know like when we had a band of well we had PMU so we had like over a hundred mares and so we yeah (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) right it was yeah it was just like but to me I was so little and and younger so I was just like this is just how people live people live with a hundred (laughs) horses but we have people dream about living with a hundred horses that's true this is true this is true now that I'm older I'm wishing that we would have kept them I'm giving my dad a little heck for getting rid of all of them but I mean what do you do yeah exactly that's a lot of mouths to feed it is yeah exactly when they don't have multiple jobs right too Mm. but um we did find like we that was back when we had five or six studs at a time and so we obviously liked some bloodlines with certain bloodlines. Like that was a major aspect, but it did come down to, you know, some mares just didn't get along with the stud or the stud didn't get along with the mares or, you know, they band differently. Like my tiny little band right now is of seven mares, but they're all very different. So I have, we are a sucker for grays in this place. So <laughs> you all of are. them are pretty well grays. <laughs> You guys, the if you went to her place, it's like, it's basically all gray. I was like, you don't yeah. own anything but gray horses. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> we have one bay. We have one bay and a red roan. That's it. Okay. So <laughs> out of the seven. There's those two. <laughs> um, but there's the gray mares that have been together for a long time. Like they've, they were actually bred as babies at our house through our different studs and, and mares. So they're offspring that are bred to our new stud like our dash to fame stud um and they they run the roost like they're just the older ladies that they know exactly what's happening this is their area and you you do have to we did try to add a younger mare in there and so far like she's been open every the past two years and I think it's honestly she's kind of outcast I will say that so you'll find her kind of out in the middle of nowhere and the rest of them and he'll be busy banding all of them together right except for mm. her so okay we have had issues like that so it, it, it does happen um so maybe yours is just you know she's like that old gray mare that's like I got this like this yeah. is mine like you he's like I the boss you. yeah <laughs> who are you get out of here 
Anyway, <laughs> I took her out of there because I'm like, I don't want her interfering. And he seems to be doing well with the mares now. So that's good. But yeah, um, I don't so think. So are you planning on breeding her like in a pet? Like, would you breed them separately then? Like put them together? Yeah, I think we probably will. But honestly, mm-hmm. I think what we're going to do is wait until next year now because it's kind of later in the season and I want, I'm trying to get a little bit of an earlier fulling season, like April. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So there's probably people listening here that also breed horses. <laughs> so uh, we breed in like, sorry, we full in like June um, normally, but I'd like to full in like early May. Well, the weather's still pretty nice then, but it's just like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I see so many fulls online. Everybody's having their fulls and it's like, I'm so excited. And then I'm like the last one I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. Plus I think it's nicer to have an older full towards the end of the season. Right. Like I guess in the barrel Mm -hmm. racing and roping, when we have futurity horses that are five-year-olds, it doesn't make as much of a difference that few mm. months when they're born, but still, it still does make a difference that they're a little bit younger than the other horses. Right. So I think it's nicer yeah. to have them a little earlier, but until this last couple of years, we didn't have stalls in our barn. So fulling inside wouldn't have been an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about hardships and stuff and our foals are always the end of April, beginning of May. So right where you want to be. Oh, um, yeah. But talking about hardships, I we've experienced actually past couple years too that, um, you know, these good old Saskatchewan, Manitoba springs, and I, I know you can't <laughs> see me, but there are huge quotations around that because we always have a like winter storm. Yeah. And this year we got super lucky and like Chance and I, we don't have a barn on the property. So we kind of do our own thing. And you know what, we get, you know, straw, like we bed them nice, they got good sheds and stuff. And we got lucky this year with their two storms and none of them got frozen anything, which was super lucky. But in the past we have like the end of April, we had one, they froze their hawks and then, you know, it eventually creates like a cap on it. And that's hard, right? As a breeder, that's a hard resell, if that makes sense, right? So yeah, that's another hardship even, I find is hard. Even Especially when you're talking for charity oh, or like yeah. for performance, right? Like if you're looking for a performance horse, um, it's hard to have any imperfections on them nowadays, right? Like it's, it's hard to show because a lot of people are like, oh, well, what's that? Or where did that come from? Or how did they get that? And yeah, I mean, it can affect them or it can't, right? There's no guarantee, especially as babies. Yeah, exactly. Beneficial. Mm -hmm. And there are so many different types of injuries that foals can get. I mean, just, Mm -hmm. I love raising our foals on pasture. I think it's so natural and it's beautiful for them to be out on grass. And, but you know what? There is a risk. They do get injured. I mean, they could get injured in a box stall too, for that matter. But (laughs) (laughs) horses have a way. That is possible. (laughs) Um, But We've had some, well, we had a full actually, he's a three-year-old now and he's beautiful and wonderful to ride and everything, but he cut his face open when he was a weanling. Um, and now he has a bit of a scar on his nose, but in that case, it's like, 
pretty far from the heart and doesn't affect yeah. his legs at all. And um, it healed nicely. Like they, he's got a little scar, but in that case, mm-hmm. it's kind of just um, cosmetic or whatever you would call it. Like, you know, Absolutely. so we're not too upset about that one um, and it healed good. So that was good. But, but yeah, when you come out to the pasture and your horse has like blood running down its nose, and it's got this <laughs> nasty cut. You're like, uh, oh no, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, oh I know. And I mean, especially when you're talking yearlings and, or even colts, like it's so exciting. And us here in Saskatchewan in this area, we are riddled with gopher holes. So a lot of times, you know, colts, they have like that perfect size leg that fits right into there. So a lot of times they do, right. That is a risk you run with running them in the pasture all the time, but they get to be so athletic that they just, they know exactly where they are. Right. They, yeah. Well, once they get control of their legs, I mean, that takes a little bit. <laughs> I often wonder about that, you though, know, awkward I, state. sorry. Yeah. I often wonder about that because like when I'm riding, I feel like they could trip at any moment and like they'll find gopher holes. And yet I see them running around the pastures and it's like, like they're just flying and they never trip. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. No, but <laughs> I guess they just, I don't know. They must just know they get a feel for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or they're just going so fast, their feet don't even dig into the ground. They're just like floating. Yeah. Just float <laughs> over top. The perfect. One. Yeah. Okay. So I thought of another um, something that happened to us that was a bit of an oddball situation. Mm-hmm. One of our younger mares was in the same pen as our older mare when she folds. And she stole the mare's full because she was about to fold around that same time. She stole the foal, no. took her as her own, and mm-hmm. um, and then that other mare wouldn't take her foal back because it didn't smell like her, right? So then there, so then we had this trouble of we have this foal with a mother that's standing right next to her, but won't let her nurse. So, and actually that took a little bit to figure out. And what and en- we ended up doing is putting Vaseline in the mare's nose. Have you ever done that before? No. We haven't. That was what ended up working. We had tried a bunch of things and nothing seemed to be going well, but then the Vaseline in the mare's nose. And then she was like, Oh, okay. I guess this is my full. I can't smell her anymore. I don't know why that works, but was, was that like the first full that you guys had that year? Yeah, that was, I think that was the first one. Yeah. So that's, that's actually pretty common. Um, just because the mares are so rampant in their hormones that, <laughs> that if, especially <laughs> it's true, um, I say that in the most delicate way as us mamas are yeah. probably listening, the most delicate <laughs> way, but they get Our so homes. excited, right? Like they're waiting for themselves to give birth, right? Like, so it is common for mares to actually try to steal the first foal, especially if they're waiting. So that's why it's kind of nice. It's a lot nicer of a break when you have the second one come around because I that's something I always worry about too yeah especially when you get a lot of older mares or new mares that are just starting their journey as brood mares so they sometimes don't really know right but yeah yeah she was just so keen she was like a yeah. super keen mom again <laughs> she wanted that like, this is my baby yeah this is my baby <laughs> oh and that's so hard oh gosh yeah but that's that's such a funny thing right like it's something you would never think would happen but Mm -mm. they do 
right? Like their mothering instincts take over and that's the end. They're like, or if a mare loses a foal too, that can be common. They're trying to yeah. take another one's baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, and sometimes, sometimes mares can die during birth too, which is really, that's really mm-hmm. rough. I actually that's saw hard. somebody, I can't remember who it was that posted about that. And she just had a really heartfelt post about how hard it is when you breed your mare and something goes wrong with her and she was just devastated and she said she wasn't going to breed mares anymore because of that and Mm -hmm. I can understand because that it's pretty rough when that that kind of thing happens but but we really love raising horses and um and yeah like we've talked about some hard things here, but raising horses is actually the most amazing thing ever. It is so satisfying when you get those little foals and, and just to see them grow up and see how they change and watch them as they get older. And then when they start to race and stuff or whatever you raise them for, I mean, we're just starting to experience that now where we can see some of our ones that we've raised actually go and work. And it's really cool. Yeah, you right. must have seen that multi- like a lot of times. But what's your favorite part of breeding horses, do you think? Like as far as I think my favorite part would be, you know, as as much as you don't like to wait, but it's the five to ten years down the road when you're going somewhere and all of a sudden your horses are there. Like I remember, um, this was years ago, but I mean, we see our KBRS horses quite often, especially in the area, because we do sell a lot in the area too, but we, it was probably 2009. So this was a few years ago. Um, Dad, we ranch rodeoed back in the day too. They were invited to go to Edmonton to compete against like huge ranches in Alberta. So like we think ours is big and then there's, you know, a little bit bigger and then there's like the really big, but anyways, <laughs> they competed against them. They were invited to go and it was super exciting. And actually one of the guys was riding one of our horses that we raised at our house. It had our brand so on cool. it, everything. And like, <laughs> he didn't really know, like he knew who dad was, but dad and dad's actually after 30 years, he'll know, he knows quite a few people. Right. And he knows the horses he sold. Maybe not every single one, but he remembers most of them, which is also, I find to be very satisfying part, right. Is is that people enjoy our horses just as much as we do. Cause if you're breeding, this is one thing I have to say, if you're breeding (laughs) based on trend, then you're never going to keep up. There's never like, you're going to have so much money into things and it's going to be so hard to keep up. But if you breed, things that you love and that you love to use if you show it other people will too right and then you see them when they're older and enjoying like other people are enjoying them and they have this whole profession that's so cool yeah I love that part how about you oh my favorite part what's your favorite part well I do love that part like I we've just started where our We've sold some horses that are now five years old and just watching what they're mm-hmm. doing is fun. Um, no, like nobody's gone out and really competed a whole lot on them yet, but fingers crossed for some of these ones that are coming up this year. And okay. Like, okay what else do okay. I love? You know what? I love checking horses, the checking the horses in the summertime, just going out to the pasture and walking through the mares and walking through the foals and especially like, uh, 
I don't know. I love thunderstorms. So uh, probably being on pasture Ooh. during thunderstorms is a bad idea, but it's so beautiful because Manitoba it like, rains for like 30 minutes and then it's like beautiful skies and rainbows and things like that. Mm-hmm. And just taking my camera out, taking some pictures of the horses and they're always so beautiful. Capturing those moments is, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's their natural beauty that you love. I yeah, like that. I love that. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we can enjoy yeah. them for all different reasons, but yours yeah. will come when you get horses. Like our stud, his first five-year-old was last year that competed against you at the five-star. <laughs> yeah, that was our first spider that's baby, awesome. dash to fame baby. So that's very exciting too, that moment. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me <laughs> too. Looking Maybe it's because you've waited for so long. Yeah. You waited for the babies to mature and then. Well, by the time for- they're, you've been waiting six years by the time they're competing at a barrel racing futurity, right? Like, and then yeah. all the years of planning before that. So it's a, it's mm-hmm. a long time. It is. That's yeah. why I got to stay committed. It's yes. hard, but you got to stay committed. Okay. Maybe we should wrap up the episode by giving a little bit of motivation for those that are just beginning their horse breeding journey. So you got a tip for us, Shelby? I'm putting you on the spot. I had a few. Okay, good. Awesome. Okay, good. I guess my biggest tip would be find what you love, right? Find when it comes to horse breeding, Mm. find the bloodlines that speak to you. And also don't be afraid to ask people, right? Like I think a biggest part about horse breeding is find what you love, but also be knowledgeable in what makes you happy. So, I mean, if you're looking at rope horses, they're going to be different bloodlines than a barrel horse. Not always. I shouldn't say that. Not always, but sometimes, right? And what you're looking for and learn confirmation and ask people, right? Like if you see somebody riding a horse and you're like, oh, I just love how it moves. I love what it looks like. Ask them, ask them what kind of bloodlines they have. That would be my biggest thing is just, yeah, what you love, learn it, live it, love it. And, and then don't, forget, and then don't give up on it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes time, but it's fun, mm-hmm. right? Like the process is very fun. There are definitely hard parts, like we've mentioned. And I guess my takeaway would be don't take too much responsibility for the things that go awry with the horses, because those things, they just happen. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. You can, you can do a lot of things to make sure that your horses are healthy, your facilities are set up and everything. And somehow stuff just goes (laughs) haywire. Don't blame yourself. Just take Mm -hmm. it as part of the process and, and continue on and, yeah, sometimes it sucks, but it's worth it. And uh, keep keep at it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great tip. That's my feelings. <laughs> if yeah. I were to give up, it would be this year. It's been a very hard year. So if I'm not giving up, nobody else is allowed to give up. You have to keep going. <laughs> that was me two years ago when we had the strangles. So I feel your pain. It's, but See, we've, we've all gone through it, right? Yeah. We're all, and I know that next year could be the same or it could be better, but we're hoping for a better year, right? Always, yeah, always gonna be positive. But yeah, 
things are going to happen. Sometimes not good. (laughs) And sometimes you have great years too. Like we've had Mm -hmm. years where we had five mares bred and we had five healthy colts. It was like, yep. Awesome. (laughs) Everybody was happy and healthy. It's like, okay, cool. (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) Take advantage of those years. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Then you run with it. Then you run with it. (laughs) Absolutely. You run with it. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. That is, that is kind of our tips and tricks. And I mean, our motivational speeches of, you know, (laughs) what can go wrong and to not give up on yourself. Don't give up on your breeding program. If you don't have one and you want to start one, 100%. If you want some advice, I mean, we've got some to share. So send us a message on either Facebook or Instagram at Ride Like a Mother um, or send us an email, ridelikeamother at gmail.com. All of our info is below in the show notes if you need to get a hold of us. But we can't wait to hear from you guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. (laughs) I'm not feeling so alone, Carolyn. You're making me feel so much better. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for listening, you guys. And we will see you at the next jackpot. We sure will.